Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Morning Dump, a fantasy baseball podcast. Holy crap, it's the week 17 report already. I can't believe it. I told you all we're here in the other 54, and it's all about how you finish out the season strong. Whether you're going to be a playoff contender, run deep, make a finals run, and be a champion, or you're going to fall off and miss the cut. Keep riding with me the rest of the way. I got you on the advice you need to win it all. As always, hit me up anytime at Morning Deep Fantasy. I got your back. But let's kick it off with some trade news. Picking right back up where we left off last week before the deadline. Juan Soto and Josh Bell made it over to San Diego. Soto's on a four-game hit streak since debuting. San Diego gave up a few big names in Gore and C.J. Abrams, along with the 2020 home run champ Luke Voigt. Luke's gone four for ten with a homer, two runs, and two ribbies since joining his new club in Washington. And San Diego also landed Josh Hader, who got a win in his first game, and Drury, who got a... Homer in his first game over from the Reds. Castillo headed over to Seattle, beat the crap out of the Yankees in his debut with them, going 6.2 innings with a quality start, a win in 8Ks. Noel V. Marte, who was a big piece in that deal, headed back to the Reds, banged two homers in his second games for Cincy as a minor leaguer. Yankees scored Frankie Montas, big win for them. They gave up a few promising young players in J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Medina, Bowman. I think Waldachuk was their number five prospect. Well, Frankie debuted for the Yanks yesterday, August 7th. Did not go so well. Six earned runs in his first three innings with over a two whip and just two Ks. I know Yankee fans might be freaking out a little bit. <laughs> Sonny Gray 2.0. Not going to happen. No way. Yanks also flipped Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader from the cards. Pretty surprised about that one. I guess they're just happy with their uh, their rotation. Cole, Nasty Nestor, Frankie Montas. They got Domingo. Expecting uh, Luis Severino to be healthy. I thought Monty was worth a bit more than somebody like Bader. Monty got him good in his first start for the cards, which came against the Yankees. With five innings, no runs, and a W. I mean, he's sitting on a 3-5-ish ERA, 1-1-ish whip, peripherals below four, solid ground ball percentage, solid hard contact too, great walk percentage below five. He gets a lot of strikes. But hey, they must know something I don't. I guess they felt like the OF depth was more important than pitching. Angels ended up dealing Thor and Brandon Marsh over to Philly for some young talent like Mickey Moniak. Moniak hit a homer in his first game and has since hit another. Meanwhile, over in Philly, Thor got the win in his first game despite giving up 11 hits for four runs and five innings. Happy to see Thor back home. Tyler Malley got sent over to Minnesota for the Twins number 7, number 18, and 23 prospects. He got banged up a bit by Toronto in his first game, but that's understandable. Four runs and six innings. Did hold up a one whip, though. And the legendary Mancini is off to the Astros. He hit a homer in each of his first three hits for the team. Just awesome to see. Well done, Mancini. 
sure everybody listening knows his story, but if you don't, check it out. What an inspiration. And some other teams I spoke about last week, the Tigers, Giants, Marlins, Rangers, didn't make any big moves worth noting. I guess the Marlins were asking too much for Pablo. Same with the Giants and Rodon and Cobb. Nobody was willing to pay for uh, Tarek Skewball of the Tigers. So that wraps up the recent news. Let's get on to the streams of the week. Monday, August 8th. Yusei Kikuchi of Toronto at Baltimore. Around 30% owned. Kick's been dropped to an appropriate level of ownership compared to draft day where he ended up in the 70-80% range. He's a streamer. High 4 ZRA, peripherals in the 5s, walks a lot of batters at 13%. 1.47 whip. But he strikes guys out. Strong swinging strike percentage of 14. That's 27th in the league with a good 25.5K percentage. He generates a decent number of ground balls of 48.5%. Has a good offense backing him up in Toronto, of course. And has momentum coming off two good games that went for nine innings, a three ERA, under a one whip, 10 Ks, and a W. Against Baltimore, good a time as any to roll a dice on this guy. He's got an upper decent two-start week with Cleveland on Sunday also. Tuesday, James Capriellian of Oakland at home versus the Angels. Again, around 10% owned. Only other pitching streamer options for Tuesday that I see have tough matchups. Alex Cobb faces Musgrove and San Diego, while Braxton Garrett's got Wheeler and Philly. And Cap, too. I mean, he's he's lined up to face Otani for the Angels. But with that Angels offense, it's going to be the best one out of the three for me. I mentioned last week when I chose him as a streamer. Now, his last six games have gone for 33.1 innings pitched. 1.89 ERA, 1.05 whip, three quality starts, three wins, and at least four Ks in five out of the six games. He's not a big K guy with six per nine on the season. I also said last week he's now tossed over 200 innings in the bigs with a respectable 4.23 ERA and 1.258 whip, both very close to this season's numbers across 85.1 innings. Last week, as a streaming pick, he shut him down to the likes of 5.1 innings, just one earned run, six hits, one walk, four Ks, and a W. Facing a team twice in a row, yes, it can be tough, but he gets him back home, and I like it. Wednesday, August 10th, looking at Justin Steele of the Cubs at home versus Washington, also around 10% owned. On the subject of one's last six starts... Steele has a 1.74 ERA, 1.322 whip, with 35 Ks over his past 31 innings pitched. Two of the six starts were quality, and he got himself two wins also. The peripherals are all right there around his 3.670 season-long ERA. Walk percentage is high, yes, 10.2, and that's helped him earn his season-long 1.41 whip. But on the bright side, he's only let up one free pass over his past four outings. He's elite with respect to limiting hard contact with a league 15th best 21.7%, as well as his league 23rd best 52 ground ball percentage. Washington is a desirable matchup after losing the two best sluggers in Soto and Bell at the deadline, so Steele is going to be the guy on Wednesday. 
Thursday, August 11th, looking at Edward Cabrera, one of last week's pumps of Miami, pitching at Philly, around 25% owned. This is the pitching streamer of the week most likely to turn into a fantasy fixture as our world's playoffs approach. It's just as likely he winds up on the IL, but the talent is there for great ratios and K's rest of season. Through very limited action this year, 20.2 innings pitched. He sits on a 2.61 ERA, 3.34 xERA, upper 90s velo with 26.7 K percentage, 32.4 called strikes plus whiffs, 15.7 swinging strike percentage, 15.1 hard contact percentage, all top 25 stuff. He's even gotten ground balls half the time. Playing for Miami. Can't expect a lot of wins ahead of for this guy. But this week specifically, facing a struggling Kyle Gibson on the other side, good chance Miami gets it done. Friday, August 12th, looking at Dane Dunning of Texas at home versus Seattle, around 10% owned. Dunning, I dropped his name a couple times earlier in the season on this list. He has maintained being one of the best ground ball pitchers in the league with a 7th best 57.4 ground ball percentage. He's sitting on a 404 ERA, 455 XERA, 415 FIP, 394 X FIP, with a 136 whip. He's averaged with respect to strikeouts around 8 per 9, with a 20.5 K percentage and a 29 called strikes plus whiffs. Nothing too special to see here, but it's a winnable game for Texas. There really aren't a lot of great options on Friday. So he's your best one for a shot at good ratios and a W. Mitch White, also drop his name here. Another very average dude. He's getting Cleveland at his new home, Toronto. Another guy who's moved at the deadline. Saturday, August 13th, looking at Jake Odorizzi of Atlanta. Pitching at Miami, around 20% owned. Very strictly matchup based here. You know, Miami's got a lot of trouble putting up runs. Really nothing special about his game aside from the very good 23.1 hard contact percentage. He's sitting on upper decent 3.76 ERA, 1-2-1 whip. XERA is right there at 3.95. But the Atlanta bats should give him the run support and confidence he needs to put up some strong ratios and secure the W. Also, two guys who I've mentioned recently on this list, Graham Ashcraft is still only around 10% owned. He's got some great stuff at home versus Chicago, sitting on the 11th best 55.5 ground ball percentage. And George Kirby, 30% owned, pitching at Texas. Second best in the league with a 3.3 walk percentage. I like both of these guys rest of season. Yes, they're rooks. Fatigue's going to kick in eventually. But I think they should be much more owned than they are moving forwards until they fall off, if that day even comes. And lastly, Sunday, August 14th, looking at Keegan Thompson, back to the Cubs, pitching at Cincy. This guy is already around 40% owned. If you rocked with me before, you know I try to keep it 30% max on this list, but I do not like anybody else projected for Sunday. Keegan's gotten roughed up a bit lately by good teams, but he still sports solid season-long numbers. 3.48 ERA, 3.90 XERA, 3.99 FIT, 4.28 X FIT. 
He's sitting on a 127 whip, 21.2K percentage, 28.4 called strikes plus whiffs, limiting hard contact well to 26.2. And he's got around a K per inning over his last eight starts, four of which he went at least six innings with three of them quality. It's an easy pick to take this guy on Sunday. If he's not available and say Odorizzi, Ashcraft, or Kirby, none of them get their starts pushed to Sunday... I wouldn't even look at streaming on Sunday. Next up, I got you on a little pumper dump. If it's your first time rocking with me, I'm still loving guys who I've mentioned in previous episodes in free agency. Worth adding now. Some guys like Jose Miranda, Dustin May, Josh Rojas, Stephen Kwan, Andre Jimenez, William Contreras. These guys... A lot of them still, I'd say, 30 to 60% owned, and they're putting up good numbers. Definitely worth taking a look at if you need some help in any of their positions. A couple new guys I'll add to the mix. Nick Gordon, Minnesota, outfield, second base, and shortstop, around 10% owned. Gordon's batting a season-long solid 284 average this year. He strikes out a lot, 25.2% of the time which is probably why his expected batting average is 257, almost 3% less than his actual. But nevertheless, in August, he's hot. Two steals so far with a homer, five runs, and five RBIs. Man's a solid ball player. He generates a lot of hard contact with a league 30th best, 33.1%. Even if it's just a hot streak, worth following him for the time being. Next, Elihuris Montero. Third base for Colorado, only around 3% owned. He just got recalled from the minors, and he's hitting all six games since being recalled with a homer, two runs, and four RBIs. Kid looks like a solid player. He's the number six prospect for Colorado. Down in the minors across 545 games, he slashed 276, 350, 454. Homering on an average of 13% of his games. Guy might be the next Miranda. And another guy to check out. You know the catcher position is slim. Well, Joey Bart is heating up. Catcher for San Fran, around 10% owned. Over the past 14 days, man's batting 458 with three homers, four runs, four RBIs, and a steal. This guy was a highly touted prospect for a reason. He mashes balls. And if you're looking for some help at catcher, both Bart and MJ Melendez of Kansas City are a couple guys to check out. Melendez has that OF eligibility too. He strikes out a lot, but he's whacking homers lately. Last thing I want to touch on this episode is the fantasy trade deadline, which is rapidly approaching in many leagues if it hasn't already passed in yours. Great opportunities to increase your team's value and weekly output in the fantasy world. Take a little time this week and look at where you are both strong and weak. In some cases, you might be able to transfer some stats or points from your bench or your IR to your starting lineup. For example, say you're very deep at one position. Take third base. You ended up with Devers and Bregman on draft day. Picked up Drury and Baum along the way. You've been a hawk on the wire. Now you got Miranda because you've been rocking with the morning dump. Meanwhile, 
Let's say you drafted Story or Jazz to be your shortstop. Now you're stuck running hot streaks like Edmund or Mateo. Overall, underwhelming situation. And this could go for any position where you're lacking depth. Most definitely pitchers. You've got steady stats on your bench right now with your third base depth. Stats that you can't always start in the utility position. But stats that can be traded away and turned into daily points and production at your shortstop position. More production than you're getting from Edmund or Mateo, as I mentioned earlier. More stats than you're getting at whichever position where you are lacking depth. We're playing chess out here, guys. This is how you build a squad that dominates, goes deep into the playoffs, and wins championships. Another example, a guy like Bryce Harper, way more valuable right now to the first place team who has a playoff spot locked than the seventh place team who's fighting for a playoff spot and needs to win these next few weeks before the playoffs come. If you're that first place team and Harper's sitting on that seventh place team, go take advantage, help that team out, pitch it like they're going to have a better chance of making the playoffs. Sell that Harper off. He's more valuable to me anyway. And you go get yourself some firepower for the playoffs. It's all about the win-win. Find teams that are weak where you're strong and vice versa. Those are the best deals, and they often aren't too hard to find. You just got to look a little bit. Definitely reference my trade value chart presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Just go ahead and Google it. Fantasy Baseball Trade Value Chart. It is the August update just dropped. You can hit me up anytime at Morning D Fantasy. I am happy to help you guys work out some trades and crush it the rest of the way. That's all for week 17, folks. Catch you all next week. Good luck in this one. And remember, can't have your coffee without the morning dough.